Welcome to the Marketing Foundations podcast, hosted by Dr. Sandy Luck, professor of marketing at the University of North Dakota, entrepreneur, owner of Bully Brew Coffee, and proud bulldog mama. I'm your co-host, Brad Schmidt, and we're both very glad you're joining us as Dr. Luck endeavors to expand your understanding of the basic concepts, ideas, and application of marketing in an ever-changing marketplace. So be ready to listen fast, because as always, there's a lot to talk about in today's episode. Good morning and welcome back once again. I shouldn't say good morning because you may not be listening. I said this last week. I'm so used to doing that as part of my room. You have to say good morning, good afternoon, whatever. And and But you don't talk in the morning. I don't. But I say it in the, I always say good afternoon or well, sure. whatever. And yeah. so anyway, it welcome to episode five of Marketing Foundation's uh, University of North Dakota podcast. I'm Brad Schmidt, as the intro told you. This and is I'm- Dr. Sandy Luck. And Dr. What... Are we talking about this week? We talked about the SWOT analysis. Yes. So this week, we're going to continue on with all the basics that we've been discussing from the last few podcasts. And we're going to go into really what's what's necessary for companies, organizations to look at themselves both externally and internally, which sometimes is difficult. Mm So we use what's called a SWOT analysis. So when I when you when you first introduced this to me this morning, the the SWOT analysis, my immediate reaction was SWAT teams, guns and cops, and like kicking in the doors and hostage negotiations. And this is not that at all. No, it? it's <laughs> not. And honestly, for the last what 12, 13 years I've been teaching this, and before that I You'd knew about this. Never thought of it. So now every time I think about it, I'm going to be thinking about that SWAT guy. Well, like I said, you're going to have to draw like a whole set yeah. of cartoons for this. Like oh. the, you have the little SWAT truck and the little SWAT guy. and Yeah, maybe honestly. have one run in in between class. Wouldn't that be funny? That would be awesome. <laughs> I know a couple of guys oh that could probably kick the door into your classroom if you want. Well, tell them that the only reason why the door is shut is because I'm saying something I probably shouldn't be. So be careful when they well, open. And we don't want that kind of. That's like you're talking national incident. And yeah, that's how that's how professors get fired and lose their jobs. Yeah, we don't want to do that. No, I want to keep my job. <laughs> it would be funny though. So SWAT stands for Special Weapons and Tactics. But that's <laughs> what this is. You've got an internal component and an external component. You talked about strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. So just kind of explain what that is. Sure. Okay. So when a company or an organization is looking at themselves, they should look both internally and externally. So internally, they're going to look at their strengths and their weaknesses, what they're amazing at, what they're great at, and the weaknesses are what they could improve at. And so, again, sometimes that's difficult to do because nobody wants to think about what you're bad at or what you have to do to make yourself better. And so... I've had many companies who work with students and the students will say, tell me what you think you could improve at. And the business owner will go, we're great at everything. Mm. (laughs) It's like, oh, shoot. Mm. So now students, you have to figure out what their weaknesses are. But honestly, it is something just even as if we if we would do it ourselves and think about in your own life, what are you really good at and what could you improve at? I think all of us can improve. So that's internally and that's you have all the control to change that. Then we have the external. So external would be the opportunities and threats. And this is like a, you know, four quadrants. And in Sandy Lux class, you always have to do five bullet points for every single one. Because I really feel like I want you to think about it, connect with the company or the organization, and try and better understand who they are and what 
you know, what we can do as marketers to help them. Now, with the the internal side, that's something like I mean, thinking of it on a personal level, because that's what one of the things you mentioned is. I think I, I'm I'm a communicator. That's kind of my area of expertise. That's where I go. I'm not a real real detailed orientation or detail oriented person. Now I can do it. I can force myself to do it, and and I've I've had to kind of compensate, and I can do it really really well, but it's not my sweet spot. And is 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 that okay when strengths and weaknesses is it okay to go hey this is not something i'm good at but i'm going to i'm either going to find somebody to do it for me or i'm going to 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 work on it and improve it on my own or is that maybe a different discussion for no, a different class no that's great that's great because I, when you're working so marketing has a lot of work with teams or okay. actually any business right doesn't yeah. matter what you're doing you're working with a team so if you cannot better understand your team's strengths and weaknesses and, you know, even management, you can then just go with those strengths and say, okay, this, you know, this guy is going to be doing this part of the project because that's their strength. This girl is going to be doing this part of the project mm. and to divide it up, but also understanding the weakness. Now, sometimes weaknesses when I have students do this, in fact, they did this already in class within their team and they wrote, what are their great things that they can do as a team or as a student? And what are some of the things that they struggle with? And sometimes you see procrastination mm. as a weakness, which honestly it can be. And yeah. as a student, I was pretty good darn, you know, good pretty procrastinator. Good <laughs> that was one of your strengths. Mm -hmm. and, well, maybe one of my, <laughs> I don't know, either that or weakness, but I think understanding what that is and then not just taking it as a weakness, but saying, this is what I need to get better at. This ah. is what I need to improve at. And being accountable for that. So then if I have that written on something, it tells me, you know, hey, you're a procrastinator, try to do better. Or here's truly one of my weaknesses is staying on time. Mm -hmm. And I am always, I don't want to say that I'm always not on time, but there's a lot of times that I'll get into a conversation or maybe there's a customer standing there or there's a student standing there talking to me and I don't look at my watch. And so guess what? I'm late for the next meeting and I'm five or 10 minutes late. And that is a weakness, but it's not because that other person is not important. It's because honestly, I'm being mindful of the person that's in front of me. So with that, usually what I tell people is I'll say, okay, uh, you know, I'm going to be possibly five or 10 minutes late, but I'm going to, I'm going to stay in contact with you. So you know where I am. And I think even I, I try to do that oh, with yeah. you yep. this morning. I'm, I was like, woohoo, I'm, I'm almost, <laughs> I'm almost there. I'm so close. This is great. I'm on time. Well, and one of the things that I've learned, and this is maybe a discussion for a different day, but with people who are oftentimes late or, or seeming to run behind a lot of times it's because they simply overestimate how quickly they can get a task done. Sure. And, and, and it's not because they're trying to be disrespectful or anything like that. They just think, oh, I have 10 minutes. I could probably finish, you know, the 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 entirety of Shakespeare's library in <laughs> in the next 10 minutes. So I'll be fine. And in reality, I'm lucky to get through the next Dr. Seuss book in, <laughs> in the next 10 minutes. So it's simply a matter of just overestimating what we're what we're capable of accomplishing. So with kind of moving on from that, that's the internal side, right? The strengths and the right. weaknesses. You also mentioned the external side, which is the OT part of SWAT, which is opportunities and threats. So right. how does that play out in the world of marketing? So we get their opportunities and threats by doing an environmental scan. And okay. this is in the textbook. It gives you all of these areas or categories that you need to look at. So I'm gonna we're gonna talk about a few of them. 
So when I'm looking at a company or or an organization, I'm going to think what's going on in the outside world that I cannot control. Mm. So greatest example, economics. Yeah. I cannot control the you know economy right now. Yeah, the what's stock going market on. goes up, the stock market goes down, and I play my small part in that by doing whatever, but I can't control it. Right. And so as a business owner or as a leader of an organization, I just need to know what the trends are, what's happening. I need to pay attention to the news. I need to pay attention to other people, what they're talking about so that I can relate to that and say, is this going to be an opportunity for me or is this a threat? So for example, right now you think, you know, there's an opportunity because maybe people do have an extra amount of money or better timing would be right after tax season, Mm -hmm. right? You always see in April, there's lots of companies that they thrive on their sales promotions because during that time, they know people are getting checks. Furniture stores. Absolutely. All the time. time. Let me ask this from from an economic standpoint and, and how this plays into marketing. One of the things, so Jeff Bezos, of course, the CEO of Amazon, um, is worth hundreds of billions of dollars, mostly simply because he has a bunch of Amazon stock. His his actual salary isn't that high, um, but if he sells a bunch of Amazon stock, that actually will affect the economy. If, if Jeff Bezos tomorrow said, I'm selling $100 billion worth of Amazon stock, the, the stock price would tank, the, the markets would go insanely crazy mm-hmm. with all of that. So is that something, so let's say I get a job in marketing working for Amazon after I graduate from UND with your class, is that something I'd have to take into consideration when I'm doing one of this? Or is that Absolutely. maybe above the level that... No, because that total, that has an effect on other people on the outside world, not yeah. just you personally and Amazon. So, yes, it's going to affect the, the company as a whole, but how is it going to affect those who have Amazon stock right now? Because they're technically also your customers. Absolutely. Gotcha. And so thinking about what is happening on the outside, again, that you can't control – and sometimes, you know, it's hard to look at trends. It's hard to see what is coming into the future. Right. However, there are some people that are really good at this that can say, hey, you know, notice, I think about what's happening right now with employment. People have said this has happened in the past. So look at what has happened in the past, how it, you know, affected others. And really just kind of that stage of People who are choosing to quit their jobs, you know, reflect, understand who they are. But then what happens to the economy during that time or what did happen in the past? And so sometimes we can look at past and, you know, maybe evaluate trends. Maybe could be wrong, too. No, you said we can't control economics. And, of course, we can't. But uh, several other things. Technology is one of them. Mm -hmm. Um, You do coffee. And so I would assume when 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 the coffee shop business kind of really started to take off and people were buying four or $5,000 espresso machines. Now 24, I can, 25, 26. Yeah. Now, now <laughs> I can buy, now I can buy a $99 espresso machine and put it in my kitchen right. and make the same coffee. Is that the kind of technology you're talking about or is that maybe too low tech? No, that's, that's exact. And in my world, that's, you're right. So, you know, how do I resolve that? I look at what's happening out there. What are they making? How can I have that as a strength? So my strength then is selling people their espresso beans that go in those $99 espresso machines in a package so and teach them how to do it so that they continue to come back because then they see a loyalty. They see my dedication yeah. in wanting them to have great coffee. But technology- I will say this, though. I bought one of those a while back. Mm-hmm. 
And I, then I found Bully Brew and we ended up selling it on Facebook Marketplace. Well, and this is a good <laughs> really, example. Really, that's a true, true story. Yeah. I'm and not joking at no, all. No, I believe you, but I'm going to tell you that everything that you make at home... It's great that you can make it at home, but it's never as good as somebody else can make it. It's like a salad. A salad is so easy to make, but my salads at home out of the fridge are not that good. Right. But I go to Blue Moose and they make this amazing (laughs) salad. And I'm like, what? Yep. Yeah. And mine looks exactly the same, but it doesn't taste like that one. (laughs) Maybe because I didn't pay twelve dollars for it. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe that does have something to do with it. Maybe. So anyway, technology is another one of the things you can't change. And that's I mean, top to bottom, right? I mean it's Digital technology, it's the internet, it's all of that Absolutely. stuff, Absolutely. Right? I mean, think about the speed of the internet. Think about the new apps that come out, mm. how that controls us. You know, technology affected us a lot during the time of COVID because we had all of these apps that you could order and we needed oh, yeah. to have those, right? Yeah. You could, I mean, before, before COVID, I never had an app right. for my company because I couldn't afford it. And then suddenly everybody started getting it. Everybody started making apps. And so they became cheaper. So then I was able to purchase an app. Yeah, so that first I couldn't afford up. it. And now I can't afford to not have it. Exactly. Yeah. Right. What so other, technology. What other kinds of things are are in are the, 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 the threats, the external stuff? Politics. One of your oh, favorite yeah, things. And I'm right? not going to let you talk too much about this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't get me started. You all can listen to the Schmidt Show if you right. want to talk about it. But it's great stuff. But again, we can't control it, right. unfortunately. Yeah, and it doesn't matter who's in the White House or who no. the senator or who the governor is. It really doesn't. It, 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 I mean, it it does in the grand scheme of things. But in, in this context, it doesn't matter. It's no, politics it, or politics and, and new regulations or, or new tax policy will affect you and you have to deal with it. Exactly. Different laws, different expectations. You know, in politics, we also can talk about the uh, policies that happen. So think about healthcare and how oh, yeah. healthcare had changed for the businesses. Yep. You know, after, I don't think I know this exact regulation, so I'm not sure that I should be sharing this, but I, it, healthcare after 40 employees, I believe, in your company, you have to purchase full, you have to purchase healthcare Some for, sort of coverage, yeah. yeah. For your employees. And so, you know, that particular law is important for businesses to know. I I don't have that many in each company, so I'm safe. But, you know, I think those kind of politics, those kinds of decisions that are made from those in other areas that that are in in the legal area, like we have to know that. Again, following the trends, understanding what's happening in the news, paying attention to, you know, other people who are telling us what's happening. And and depending on on what industry you're in, you may actually have to market that, market to that. So if you're a, if you're an insurance company Absolutely. and you know that there's a new policy coming your way that's going to require people to purchase your product, then, and you've got 10 competitors selling the same product, you've got to figure out how to position yourself in that market to where they- Oh my they gosh, I'm so proud of you. You just said that from last week. We yes, that's exactly- Good yeah. job. So that's, okay. so, <laughs> so that's, I mean, that is where all of this policy stuff plays into Correct. into the to the marketing conversation, right? right? Right. The next one that I'll bring up is competitive. So we do have to think about our competitors. And a lot of times we'll do a competitive analysis looking at our closest competitors. And our closest could be because it's geographical. So in the small world of local businesses, a lot of times it's the people who are around you that are your competitors because people go to that particular town. It also could be what we call cousin competitors. So maybe you don't have direct competition, 
in with your business, but maybe there's somebody who's very similar or sells a similar product and they could be competitors. So what are they doing? Uh, what's working for them? What's not working for them? Because if they're not doing something very well, then you can take advantage of that and you can utilize that in your marketing. How often do do you end up working with a competitor in marketing? Because I've seen that happen a couple of times, whether it's you know, maybe not Coca-Cola and Pepsi working together to market a particular product, but, you know, a, a similar organization going, hey, I know we normally, you know, uh, well, the the light bulb conspiracy. I don't know if you've ever heard of the light bulb conspiracy, but back in the day when, when the fluorescent lights first got made, they lasted too long. And so this group of competitors of light bulb makers all got together and said, we got to make worse light bulbs because nobody's buying light bulbs anymore. And so they, they literally got together and said, oh, we're going to make light bulbs that only last a year or six months or whatever. And it they all kind of worked together to market this plan of a, of a crappier light bulb. Okay, that's a sad It's a true situation. story. It's, yeah. If you go look it up, it's really, yeah, it's weird. No, I believe you. But I and mean, now I, LEDs have shot that all apart. Yeah. And, and people's light bulbs are lasting for years. So, And I say that's sad because as a consumer, right. that affects us. Right. And so hopefully people are doing things for good. Right. And that's the negative side of that. But I mean, is there is there a time when you would work together with your competitors to market a product or? a? I think that in the world of small business and small towns, small North Dakota, Minnesota, and maybe even other areas. And I just know this region, so I can say this pretty comfortably, but local businesses work together. So we have lots of different marketing that connects the local businesses. In Grand Forks, I think there are four small local coffee shops and we're one of them. So for us, what we do is we work very closely with archives and urban, Mm. you know, and we, we kind of, we do some activities or events that affect all three of us, and we promote all three, you know, all three or four of us. Um, and so I think that it is p- probably a lot easier to do when you're talking local. I mean, I don't know that Starbucks and Caribou will ever work together, and a lot of it is because they're not local. Right. So, you know, that competitiveness is important to connect with your people, but also, again, knowing what they're good at and what they're maybe not good at. Yeah. And then one of the other things you talked about, social trends, Mm -hmm. and that's whether it's fashion in the clothing world or whether it's the latest, uh, you know, new watch or phone or whatever that's coming out is is, how do how do social trends affect this kind of environmental scan? So think about if there is some kind of a social trend that's coming into play and I'm putting you on the spot to think about this, but TikToks, the various videos that, you know, sure. challenges and things like that, that they put out on that. Yeah. So then, you know, think about how that affects you as a business. Could it be an opportunity or could it be a threat? Mm. And sometimes in our world of social media, there's opportunities out there because we can get students or we can not even students, we can get, you know, the users of those platforms to tag us or, you know, to share more information about our company. And so that would definitely be a good idea. But also think about, you know, what are the products out there that are trending, that are becoming something bigger, that are an opportunity for our company Mm. either to sell or to promote or to co-brand with? You know, I think about, you know, in the world of, of beer, craft beer. Craft beer has come from 
you know, I don't know. I feel like in the last five years, it's really become popular. Maybe it yeah, has been longer and, than that. And I think it's been longer than that, but I think it's gotten more mainstream in the sure. last five years. And so think about all of the products that they co-brand with. So they saw the opportunity and said, you know, I'm going to make this beer, but I'm going to add this particular product. And that's an opportunity because they're co-branding. Well, and Half Brothers and, and Bully Brew have done that. You know, we... Yeah. We co-branded and, and put coffee and beer together. But there's so many other products that are out there that you can co-brand. And that's such a great opportunity because there's two different audiences that are going to be hearing that same message, you know, about that product. See that, I suppose, in the coffee world, it's what I immediately think of is the, the travel mugs. Because mm-hmm. when I was a kid, there was no such thing as a travel mug. Mm. You had a coffee cup and you literally set it in the coffee cup holder and hoped it didn't fly all over. So they had cars when you were young? Yeah, they did. <laughs> they did Sorry. Cars. I, was, I was one of those kids that was riding in the back of the pickup out to the lake to go <laughs> fishing. Yeah, so Back meaning like in the in back, the bed, not in the, the bed. Yes, yeah, yes, like, yeah, because now mean, pickups have back seats, which they never did right, when I was a kid. Yeah, right. it was just a, it was three people across the, yeah, and then all the kids sat in the in the bed at 60 miles an hour yep. flying down the highway with no seat belts. And Could you imagine that today? Ugh. I think I do see that once in a while, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's so dangerous. <laughs> and, yeah, I was one of them. Yeah. So, so the social trends. But, yeah, I think I think of, like, you know, travel mugs that works well with coffee. And, and I'm assuming there's a whole industry of travel mugs that Absolutely. have come up because of the trend of people being busy in mm-hmm. life and needing to – you know, needing to get to work on time and uh, the water bottles, mm-hmm. the the amount of money you can spend on a water bottle that keeps track of how much water you've drank during the day and all of this stuff. And that's purely from a social trend because and, that's the thing. You've and got now, to drink water to stay healthy. Yeah. And now you can have that water bottle talk to your watch oh, or to your phone yeah, until yeah. you drink water. It's yeah. kind of the greatest thing. But that's- my, my watch, I just got a watch for my birthday. I got a smart watch. And my watch tells me while I'm in the studio doing my radio show, is it time to stand up now? Yes. No, I'm not going to. I'm trying to work. Leave me alone. But I mean, that goes back to social trends and technology. Because think about it, you you know when people have those smartwatches. Yep. I mean, it's and you also notice because they look at it very often because yep. they're probably getting a text message and, or an email and when or they, something. When they bring it up and they don't see it, then they got to shake their wrist yeah. to try and get it to turn on. Right. <laughs> or my favorite during class, and it rings, and oh. I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't know what I'm doing. Your watch is ringing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I do know now. now you but know when I first it got it, I was like, you guys, I don't know how to turn this off. Students were thinking it was hilarious because awesome. of our. Of of course, they all had the watch before me. But. That's awesome. So let's go a little bit more into threats so okay. I can talk a little bit more about this because threats also have to do th- with things like in the environment, the weather, um, you know, hurricanes. Mm. Um, I mean, well, around here, freezing weather, closures, right. right, when we have a blizzard. So the threats for any business in Grand Forks, Minnesota, uh, even maybe South Dakota, think about when there's a blizzard. That company or that small business is not going to have anybody, any sales that day. So we're going to have to think about that. I've actually seen, and this is, I would assume is a marketing technique, and and I guess I hadn't thought of this until just now, but I've actually seen businesses say, if we get X amount of snow on Christmas Eve, we will offer, you know, a cup of coffee for the the number of inches of snow. So if there's 13 inches of snow on Christmas Eve, you get a 13 cent cup of coffee or you get 13 cents off or whatever the, the to try and entice people out 
in those but that's a risk as well. Well, but that's an opportunity, right? right. Because you know that it's probably going to snow. So it's an opportunity to use that to engage people, to get them interested. Also, to be okay with it snowing. Right. I mean, some people do like the snow, so that's okay. But I think, you know, again, these opportunities and threats are important for us to re- recognize them as marketers. On either side. Right. Whether, and, and sometimes a threat can also be an opportunity. Absolutely. Can it, okay. You can oh. turn it around and say, okay, this is something that we're afraid of. Uh, you know, you think of, let's go to blizzards and snowstorms. I mean, if we're going to close, uh, maybe, honestly, maybe our company doesn't close and we stay open because there are people who do not, you know, eat at home. Maybe yeah. they're the only ones who go out to eat all the time and we can say, hey, our restaurant is open yeah. even though it's blizzarding out. A lot of moms are stuck at home with kids that didn't have school that day. And and maybe they need to just go get a nice cup of hot coffee or hot cocoa for the kids or whatever. Exactly. So I think that there is ways that you can utilize that. But, you know, it's the environmental scan is so important to understand your outside world. And there's lots of ways to do that. Recognizing it under um, really just paying attention to what's going on around you is important as a marketer. And I would assume that that's really the key is pay attention to what's going on and right. and try not get out of the office once in a while. Go out yep. and 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 I know you do this because I've been a, a, a fairly loyal customer of of Bully Brew for some time, and I've watched you step out of the the back room or out from behind the counter and just talk to the customers and, mm-hmm. and just, you know, and, and the questions may seem innocuous or just general interest. And I think most of the time they are because I know you as a person, but I would assume you can also gather some information from that. If, you know, Billy and his five buddies that have been coming for coffee every morning and all of a sudden Sam's not there and you, mm-hmm. Hey, where's Sam today? Oh, he's just out getting, you know, whatever. He's got this thing going on. Well, it is a genuine concern for him, but it's also, is is there something wrong? Is yeah. is he angry that he's not coming back yeah. or, or whatever? Absolutely. And and going back to that, thinking about, you know, when you're, that's research. Right. So you're constantly oh, okay. researching, understanding your customers. And your customers have, have a lot to do with this scan because they're going to be the ones that tell you what's going on. Mm-hmm. A lot of times I, I'm not a big news watcher anymore. I try to stay away from it. I don't blame you. So I have to listen to my Brad explain to me what's going on. For those that are hurt... My name is Brad, but your your I, husband is Brad yeah, as well. Ha- so yep, yeah, yep, we my, have to make that. I have a good friend whose his wife is Mandy, and we have to clarify my Mandy or his uh-huh. Mandy. Yeah. So so yeah. So he tells me all the news, and he kind of keeps me up to date on things. And so I I think with that, you know, you do have to again just rely like you said, on on external sources yeah. for for offering that information as well, Absolutely. not just on your own, because we get biased, right? Yeah. But I mean, a lot of this is research. Think yeah. about it. I'm researching my competitors' economics. I'm I'm researching yep. to understand what's going on in the economy, I, a technology. And it doesn't mean you have to be an expert in any of these no. areas, right? You just have to be semi-informed of, hey, the economy's up or the economy's down, right. or there's new technology coming, or... Well, right now, one of the things we're running into is there's not a lot of new tech coming because all of the people that make the tech are slowed down and they're backed up and there's mm-hmm. shortages and all that kind of stuff. Right. So And so paying attention to that. So from there, what are the opportunities and threats for my company? What mm-hmm. does all of this mean? So uh, 
uh, I talk about this with research. Research is great to do. You can easily go count people who are coming in and out of your location. You can, you know, check your website and see what the data is, the social media. But after that, you have to analyze it. Yeah, so what say, does it mean? This is more about understanding mm-hmm. what that data means. For right. You. So then I understand, you know, I go out and I do this scan and I look at all of this and I think, okay, what does this mean for my company? What can I do to better it? What can I, I mean, maybe this is where I see some of my weaknesses and I have to make some changes. All right. Well, with that, I think if we go too much longer, we're going to be starting to bore people. So probably (laughs) right. Well, we're almost (laughs) almost at 30 minutes, so it uh, it works out pretty good. So. Sandy, as always, it's it's always a fun talking about this stuff, and I look forward to next week. Do you have a? Do you know off the top of your head? I can't remember. I know we've we've talked about this. We laid this all out. Oh I have gosh. no idea what's next week. So, it's a surprise. Well, it is a surprise, but on Thursday it's not a surprise because we have a test on Thursday, so they're going to hear this as soon as we can get this uh, recorded <laughs> and put into play, so then they can utilize this to study. Okay. And if they don't know this, Thursday is their test. Well, it will be it will be live Tuesday at noon as always. Awesome. So. Thanks, Sandy. We'll talk to you next week.